Welcome to episode 320 of the Sega Moms podcast, recorded live on April 1st, 2021. On tonight's episode, we discuss the 30th anniversary of Sonic the Hedgehog, rate our top 10 Sega Ages games, and discuss why the Sega Genesis was way better than the Super Nintendo. Jessica, cue that wonderful music. All right, all right. None of you guys are welcome here. Nobody is welcome to the Nintendo Dads. This is not episode 320 that's recorded on this Fool's Day of April 1, 2020. Forget this. I'm out of here. We're not talking about anything. Jesse, just start the doggone music. What's up, guys? It's Marty here. It's episode 320 of Nintendo Dads. It is April 1st, 2021. And uh, at this point, I'm really wondering if there are people who might be disappointed that this isn't Sega Moms. (laughs) (laughs) We may have started something here. Uh, But uh, I'll tell you what we are going to start. We're going to start this show, and we're going to get to the news here in just a few minutes. But joining me... On this fine April Fool's Day, uh, Mr. Tim Off, all the way from Michigan. How you doing, buddy? I am not fine. I understand that everybody loves it when you are salty, so doggone it, I'm going to be salty. I am freaking salty. I am salty and pepper. Pepper and salty. <laughs> Let's get going. <laughs> Speaking of getting going, uh, Jesse Waldack. How you doing, oh, buddy? Oh boy! Yeah, Tim told us he had something something weird in mind. Didn't tell us what he was going to do. So this was a surprise to both of us. Becca um, Dragons asked if that was the girl from Dads After Dark. No, that is not Sadie. This was Marty. This was your wife, right? That was correct. Yeah, that's <laughs> uh, that's Erin. She uh, decided to jump in and uh, kindly record our April Fool's Day intro. They do kind of uh, sound similar. Y- you know, here's the crazy thing. Uh, she did that one take. Nice. I was like, I'm gonna text it to you. You do it, and so boom, there you go. And uh, she did. She did a great job. Uh, I wasn't expecting Jessica. That was that was a nice touch. <laughs> well, it was. You were gonna be Josephine, uh, but uh, Jessica. It was like, what can we do with Jesse? And she's like, Jessica. And I was like, yes, yes. Okay. And then I'd like to apologize in advance. We have dogs in our house that are normally not here so they will likely be barking off and on the entire show nothing i can do about that it just well that is that is what it that's, is yeah dogs dogs are going to bork that's what they're going to do uh so uh, also we we want to take this time to announce since this is uh wonderful april fool's day if you follow us on twitter uh you noticed earlier today uh that we posted about our acquisition of the megadads uh network Uh, And I would just like to say that uh, under no circumstances uh, could that happen or would that happen. That that value seemed higher than I was expecting it to be. It it did. It was. Well, what I was going to say is, is that uh, we we don't want to we don't want to lower the value of our show. 
Oh, or then I can't look, and I'm sitting here trying to do this and be mean for just a second, and I can't even do it. I'm already like, oh crap! I don't. I don't oh, I I know what increased the value is, is is the movie that we just finished wrapping up. Oh that, yeah, that, yeah. Uh, if you're on the, the Mega Dad's Twitter account, that the big announcement was there. Yeah, yeah. Jesse and Adam in a buddy cop Miami Vice style movie involving murder and. Uh, spies and artisanal sandwiches. Of course, I'm there for that. It wouldn't I'm, work without the last step. Yeah, it's the brand new. Uh, it, it is next summer's Kong versus Godzilla. Uh, is this on so, HBO Max? Yeah, it's, it's going, on HBO Max? It's going straight to HBO Max. Okay, I, don't even nice. go to theaters. Um, oh, dad heat. Dad heat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, today has been fun. Today's been really good. Uh, and, and what's going to be fun is us talking about some news and getting into what we've been playing and answering some of your questions over on Community Spotlight. So, Jesse, if you will, let's head over to the news, shall we? And, of course, our news each and every week is brought to you guys, uh, brought to you and all of us by you fine folks over at patreon.com backslash Nintendo Dads. Where for as little as a dollar a month, you can join up in uh, our fantastic community and become a part of uh, all kinds of great things that we've got going over there, like uh, monthly mayhem uh, and different things like that. And, you know, here's the crazy thing about being a part of our Discord server and being a part of Patreon is that our Patreon uh, community has actually spawned at least three other podcasts on the Dads Network, right? Uh, maybe, I mean, uh, so, you know, we're growing all the time and who knows what the future holds, but, uh, you can go over there, uh, and join up again for a dollar a month. It's less than the coffee I sat 25 minutes in line at Starbucks for tonight. (laughs) Uh, seriously, that really happens while I was almost late to the show. What's going on Starbucks? I mean, for real, like they're like. We're having a little bit of difficulty. Like, did you have to go grow the beans yourself? I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's coffee, hot water beans. Ext- make, they they make have hot to bean extract water, the milk caffeine. out of the soy. I guess they did. They're back there like squeezing soys. No, uh, <laughs> what? So like, we gotta mash these beans ourselves. They're artisanal. Uh, I don't know. It's completely <laughs> off the rails. Patreon.com backslash Nintendo Dads. You can go off the rails with us over there. Let's talk some news, guys. Uh, Here's the big news. Mario's dead. Uh, According to Nintendo of America, Mario died uh, yesterday, 331-21, when they destroyed all of his profitability and products by removing Super Mario 35 uh, from uh, existence, removing uh, Mario 3D All-Stars from sale digitally, uh, stopping the sale of uh, the Super Mario commemorative Game & Watch, and uh, basically trying to bury Mario as quickly as possible so that they could possibly move on and celebrate Zelda for a few months here so everybody else would shut up. It, you guys, like, I mean, is that a pretty accurate summation of what's going on here? I don't think it's wrong. And and back in the back in the back, like in the distance, in the faint distance, Tim's back there waving. He's like, "There's Metroid 2. <laughs> and 
Nintendo's like, yeah, shut up, kid. Uh, but anyway, yeah, for real, all of that's happened. If you were watching, listening to us, you can't play Mario 35 anymore. Uh, y'all, I want to say this. This is really, this was really funny. My son last night stayed up till 10 o'clock playing Mario 3D All-Stars. And I'm like, son, why are you awake? You've got to go to bed. You know, y'all keep in mind, he's 13. He's like, dad, at midnight, Mario thir- Mar- Super Mario 3D uh, All-Stars gets deleted off my Switch. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I was like, are you deleting it? And he looks at me and he's kind of like, are you saying what I think you're saying? It was like, you know, you can play it after today. You just can't buy it anymore. Oh, he that's goes, so, that's goes, so nice. Oh, oh, and I was like, get upstairs and go to bed. <laughs> but yeah, Mario, Mario 3D All-Stars. By the way, copies of Mario 3D All-Stars are already going for $25,000 on eBay. Well, Scalpers. they're listed. It doesn't mean they're going. The list, Jesse. You know somebody's going to buy one. Right? Come on. Tell me I'm wrong. I, I don't want it to you be can't. true. <laughs> you can't. You can't tell me I'm wrong. Somebody's going to buy it, and then they're going to turn around and say, oh, never mind. I don't have the money. Yeah, that, that's probably true. <laughs> uh, Mario Game & Watch uh, is no longer being produced. It's still available, so it's in limited quantities. I saw some some online retailers had it for sale today. Uh, I just wanted to kind of go around the horn here. Mario 35's final world count challenge did, did succeed, by the way. So if you participated and you got your 350 coins during that time, you got 315 platinum points. By the way, they're already in your account. I got yeah, mine. I got that email today. Yeah, they are there. Uh, uh, the, the total goal collected was 560 million coins. So almost double the goal. So bravo, pat yourself on the back if you helped. Enjoy your platinum coins that do absolutely nothing unless there's physical rewards, which I guess there's some of those. Yeah, there now, has been lately. There, has, there have been. You just can't use them on Mario physical rewards anymore because they're gone. Uh, so, guys, how do we feel about this? Um, was this, like, now that we're looking back and not looking forward to it, was this just a big marketing ploy or uh, was this, do you, do you feel like Nintendo celebrated Mario accurately and, and well for 35 years? I do still think it was kind of a marketing thing. You know, as I said, when the whole thing started is they could probably, they, they would rather, I, I used the, the number 15 million, you uh, Grossly overestimating what actually sold. But I said, you know, they, they, instead of selling 15 million over the course of the Switch, they want to sell 15 million over the course of the six months. There was more, probably closer to 10. We'll find out in five weeks. Well, it was sitting at about quarter. eight. So yeah, it was, it was a little over eight as at the, at the end of the calendar year. So we'll find out soon what sold in the last quarter. It probably, it definitely had a digital bump in the, Last week, oh yeah, the the, the online eShop said it was like the second best selling game. Only to well, you know, Monster you know Hunter. what was happening in the last week is all the people who were saying they weren't going to buy it were because it was limited. Were buying it, right? Yeah. Just, let's be honest, right? Oh, I I completely understand that. You know, a lot of people, you know, arguing, you know, what complaining that oh, let's. I'm not going to get it, be able to get it because it's, it's well, you had seven months. So it's on you. Yeah. 
And we're going to talk about that. I, I want to I want to come back around to that. But Tim, what do you think? Uh, it's about what? doggone time this thing is over. <laughs> I'm so sick and tired of seeing this. Super Mario Brothers. It's called Super Mario Brothers. What about Luigi? Sam is right. Third strongest mole. Nobody freaking out. Freak, what do you say? Nobody freaked out like this when Luigi ended the year of Luigi. Come on. It's Super oh, Mario Bros. It's not Super Mario. He already come on. Mario, Mario got like six months of celebration. Luigi got a year. Yeah, but they're celebrating 35 years of Super Mario Bros. Where was Luigi in all this? Come on. It's about doggone time this is over. Let's move on. Where's Metroid? (laughs) Metroid is in a broom closet somewhere. Just you. Uh, Forget Zelda. Forget all this crap. It's running away from Salty. We need Metroid. Metroid's doing. Tired of these games, Nintendo. Metroid and Star Fox. Let's go. Maybe we're going to mash them up this year. We're <laughs> Star Troid. Uh, I don't know. Uh, but no, Tim, for real. Did you did you think that uh, marketing ploy, or do you think they? And on, and on the other hand, I, I mean, I think marketing ploy, yes or no. Uh, but on the other hand, do you feel like they celebrated Mario well for his thirty? I think they did great. I mean, yeah, they did what Nintendo does, right? They they came up with something that we didn't think of you know so it's like really cool how they celebrated it it's different and yes they put the limited engagement on it it'll be interesting to see what happens after this uh and it could be any of the things that we tried guessing but again it could be none of those things and completely we'll be we'll get nintendo again you know so uh you know the whole thing about you know they'll pull it out five years later like the whole disney vault type thing or they'll release all three games separately and you can buy them separately who knows i can't wait to find out i'm excited to find out what the what the next step is after this whether you know whether it is zelda or it's continuation of something that's what i'm looking forward to honestly i i feel like i know we've been saying this for a while about the 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 unpacking of the the all-stars package right but how soon do you feel like that's going to happen? Because I feel like it, it's got to be coming, right? I mean, because here is an instance of all three of these games running on the Switch, uh, an instance where they've actually put effort into, uh, for Mario 64, up-resing the, the visuals, for Sunshine making it widescreen, for Galaxy making it work. <laughs> <laughs> like adding in well and adding in uh non-touch controls for galaxy uh so like yeah i mean how i think if they're going to do anything else with it it'll probably be announced during e3 time i wasn't expecting an april 1st announcement you know that oh, sure, people, no. people who thought that what's wrong with you <laughs> i could see like a holiday thing you know it's like okay you know that it'll come out when like when more of like the e-shop type spending happens the most, either around Christmas time or just after Christmas time when everybody's getting their e-shop cards. What, what about a Nintendo Direct around October that announces or September? Because isn't that normally a Nintendo Direct time is September? Sounds yeah. about right, yeah. Or, for the holidays, yeah. Summer, August. Mm-hmm. And it's back for a limited time. It's Super Mario 3D All-Stars available digitally only. Yeah. From now until January or December 31st at 11.59 p.m. 
I don't think do people will of... like that. Uh, I think if it comes back, I don't back... think people will like that. But d- doesn't that sound a little Nintendo-y <laughs> to you? If they add something to it, yeah, a little spin on it, d- definitely. Well, I actually saw someone today talking about why we didn't get Mario Galaxy two, and I never thought about this. But if you, it's been a while since I played Mario Galaxy two, so I'd forgotten about how you control Yoshi. And the way that you control yeah. Yoshi is you have to move with one stick and you have to use an, a whole nother, the Wiimote, to control not just him, but also his tongue. And so, <laughs> like, and it, it's a lot yeah, of pointing. It, yeah, it's okay. using pointer controls. Like, like, you're collecting star bits, but you actually have to point and push a button to hit So a how are you, like, how can you do that on the Switch? And it be... Touch be con- fun. non-touch controls. It would. I mean, I, I think they can figure it out. They figured it out for Skyward Sword, but yeah. Honestly, uh, I want to throw this over to our good friend uh, Joshua Taylor, who's on the Nintendo Nostalgia podcast. Uh, you can find him at Whopper Seven Forty Four Games. Does a lot of streaming too. You should go check him out. But he posted a, a picture earlier uh, this week, March twenty sixth, ending the thirty fifth anniversary collection in decent shape. Pretty cool stuff. And I didn't realize, you know, like how, I guess like all of the things that have been offered, and this is not even everything, uh, but the two pin sets, the Splatoon uh, Splatfest keychains, uh, the Cat Mario lanyard keychain, uh, Mario coins that you could get, uh, the collectible coin set that you could get with uh, Super Mario 3D All-Stars, uh, the uh, Game & Watch, and there's more out there, guys. I mean, like there's T-shirts, mugs, like our our, our own good – uh, follower, listener of the show, good friend Mecha Dragon. He helped. He helped hook me up with that Mario thirty fifth uh, gold coin mug from the Nintendo New York store that I love to drink my coffee out of. It just tastes better. Uh, but I mean, <laughs> there was all kinds of stuff, guys, that was offered during this time. I mean, if, if you want to count, I mean, we had Cat Mario, Cat Peach Amiibos, um, and that's like again the t shirts, the pin sets that were offered only on um, the Nintendo store. Uh, and at Nintendo New York that went along with the 35th anniversary pins you could get. So, uh, and uh, let's not forget the delicious cold stone shake. That was the Mario uh, anniversary thing. Apparently people say it was really good. Uh, I don't have a cold stone near me, but anyway. Uh, So yeah, Mario 35th, he's dead. Long live the King. Uh, Wario and Waluigi are now. Uh, taking over everything Mario related. That would have been funny if they did an April first thing with that. Super Mario <laughs> that Brothers. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you know what? Them, and it, if they do that, you know what I want them to do. I want them to go get the people that did the Super Mario Land uh, two six golden coins commercial back in the day. That okay. animation, that voice, that's what that's Mario. Um, I want okay. that. Have you ever seen it? I did. I just don't remember. I can't oh, think of Tim, it off the top of my go, head right now. Got, after the show, go look that up. It is okay. In fact, if you're listening to the show and you're not watching, pause the show right here, right now, and go <laughs> throw that in your YouTube machine. Super Mario Land Two, Six Golden Coins Wario commercial. It is fantastic, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I think I remember that. I just don't remember the voice. The voice. It's like his my hypno- It's this hypnotic thing with Wario's face, and he's yeah. Like, you know, don't love Mario, love me, Mario. <laughs> there you go, Jesse. What were you gonna yeah, say? Yeah, yeah. You, you were saying that you know they did 
they did things we weren't expecting for Mario, like the Game & Watch and the Mario 35. And then so our predictions for Zelda was based on what we saw them do with Mario. But of course, they're going to they're gonna do something else that we're not expecting, if they do anything at all. I'm calling it right now. There will be a Zelda Splatfest sometime in this next year. Yes. I really I really believe it. It's coming. Because they've they've set the precedent, right? They've done it with Mario. Zelda's like another one of their big tent strength peg and courage? Yeah, it could be well, it could be um Courage well, and Wisdom. It could be Link versus Ganondorf. It could be uh Light World versus Dark World. Mm. Octorok versus Tech Type. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Uh, what what's the uh, Zelda versus Hilda? <laughs> no, that's, that's no contest. Uh, well, it's Hilda. Everybody knows. Of course, dark-haired Princess Zelda. Got to go with that's the Goth Girls, after right? Dark. That's a Dad's <laughs> After Dark episode in and of itself. There. Yes, it uh, is. Uh, let's talk about something else here, real quick. E three is coming up, and E three again this year is going to be a digital event. Uh, and we kind of knew this was coming, right? We kind of figured that it would be digital again this year because we are seeing some lessening of restrictions with vaccinations and things like that happening uh, and lower infection rates. But we're still uh, we're still dealing with this. We're still dealing with coronavirus. Well, according to an article posted on the Video Game Chronicles website, E3's virtual event may have content behind a paywall this year. Let's just go ahead and get that. The, Why would you do that? <laughs> right? Other than money is uh, good. But anyway, they're pointing on this year's E3 to be called the Electronic Entertainment Experience. Uh, and um, the, the article goes on to state that nothing is set in stone uh, because this still requires approval from the ESA membership. But they want to partner with NVIDIA to power game demos and all kinds of other stuff via GeForce Now. And the interesting thing about this is GeForce Now can run on NVIDIA Shield, Mac OS, Windows, Chrome OS, iOS, and Android devices. Uh, there's no word on what's going to be uh, freely available and what would have to be paid for, but uh, the ESA did... I'm sorry, Jess. Going back to that, if, if, if it runs on NVIDIA Shield... It's probably not too hard to make a switch app that could do the same that to uh, access these if yeah. this is what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, well, the ESA replied to this via a tweet and stated this. E3's 2021 digital show is a free event for all attendees. We're excited to fill you in on all the real news for the event very soon. Jesse, I'm going to throw this over to you as a longtime follower of E3 and of the ESA. And, you know, you've been before, you've you've been on the show floor. Uh, last year, you followed the digital event. Uh, does the wording of that tweet kind of make you feel like they're throwing this article under the bus? Uh, Definitely. Like, the real yeah. news is... Real think, news. I, yeah, I'm, I'm seeing that. I have real as the word with the emphasis. Uh, and, and along with free event, you know, it's right. like every... Uh, so the, yeah, so this, I don't know if, uh, VGC was just a fooling article and if it was a very convincing one or someone's trolling someone somewhere and I don't, 
or maybe ESA is the one being the troll here. Well, we here's don't the thing. Know. We know that not even the biggest news organizations are free from following victim to trolls. You saw what happened to Kotaku this week, uh, where they picked up a uh, troll article about Halo Infinite being delayed till 2022 and ran with it. I did not see this. And they have absolutely been excoriated. <laughs> but honestly, it's it's easy. This And it wasn't an April Fool's Day article. It was the day before. So, I mean, when you're looking for something, it's easy to to want to believe lots of things, right? I mean, we've done this before with stuff. Uh, at least I have. I don't know. If you guys are are better at it than I am, but what is the likelihood that we are going to see a real paid event uh, for E3? I, I think what is the most likely is most things will be freely available. Uh, viewing the keynotes, uh, seeing all the interviews and stuff. If there's going to be anything behind a paywall, it'll probably be access to the demos. And I would hope it wouldn't be anything more than, say, five or ten bucks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Something. I'm, yeah. I'm here to tell you this. If you gave me access to the same demos that people that were going to be at E3 live were able to play via some app or anything, I'd pay for it. Wouldn't you? Yeah, it, you know, I wouldn't pay a hundred bucks for it, but oh no, uh, no, no. But it, yeah, if it was if it was something reasonable, say you know ten, maybe twenty, and uh, yeah, and I, I think it would have to keep it streaming because you know I, I've heard that I I think it was it was the E three that Breath of the Wild was on demo. There, yeah. there was a, it was a bunch of people trying to see if they can get into the system to basically download the demo on their servers to and you know they had the technology to do it they just didn't have the availability there was just too much security around it but so def but definitely they don't want this stuff being downloadable to play because then with, yeah you're just gonna with open everything that, up. that uh with 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 all of this being new i guess and you know in a way of how likely is that 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 could happen to to a company, not I mean not Nintendo, but maybe how I, like I can't see uh, maybe indie devs really doing this because right. maybe they don't have the ability to have the security. Right. I'm saying if if they do it through GeForce Now or some other streaming solution, then then their their code is safe behind the walls. You know the the people do not have access to the executable; they only have access to the interface. Gotcha. That's what I so, was looking for. Yeah, that, that that that's why I I, I kind of like the idea of having this as a streaming event, and I'm hoping if they do it as streaming, they have everything available from everybody. Not here's your PlayStation app, here's your Xbox app, here's your Switch app. You know, just have one app that accesses Are everything. You do you really think they're going to let you play demos of Xbox ga Xbox games on the Switch? It shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter, but are they going to do it? No. And your your <laughs> smile, you're smiling. For those of you who can't, I was uh, thinking of thinking it. of a reaction, but I couldn't think of one. No, it's they're not going to do that. 
uh, I could see like, uh, and, and here's the thing, like I could see maybe Xbox playing nice with other people, but you think Nintendo's going to let their demos be played on PS5? Not going to happen. First parties well, are going to be exclusive to their devices, most likely. So right. if there's a demo, they're going to be available on their devices, their and hardware. It, and it, but third be parties will be available on everything else. It, it, it would only be something that can be demoable through a streaming thing. So, like, PlayStation 5 d- wouldn't be able to demo something with their newer controller features. Especially if it's not played on a PS5. Yeah. Right. If it's, you know, if it's played on a PC, you're stuck with whatever controller you're on PC. You're so, exactly yeah, there's, right. There's going to be limitations of what can and cannot be shown. Yeah, out of all this, the thing that excites me the most is the GeForce thing. It's another route that potentially that would help us to be able to play demos. Maybe not first party ones like we were talking about, but this definitely excites me. But overall, I'm I wish that everybody would just get their shiitakes together. <laughs> all the and, mushrooms. And uh just get back to one source where we can have our summer thing instead of all summer long with all these different things. I want to go to one place where I can get all my news during one week of information, maybe hey, two here's weeks. The thing, Tim, I don't know that it's ever going to go back to that. I think E3 2020 had the potential to keep that glued together a little bit, but we were already starting to see the threads start to fray, if you will. The corners were starting fraying. Nintendo, of course, was doing their own thing. But then you got Sony who's saying, we're not going to be at E3. You got Microsoft who was saying, I think they said even we're not going to be at E3. Well, yeah, Microsoft uh, isn't on the show floor, but doing something across the street. So they're still right. there, but not there. But yeah, Sony but, has been a no-show. But, yes. able, but Sony and Microsoft, basically what they're saying is we get to control our, our message yep. completely, totally ourselves. Fine. Uh, they should do that. But what I'm saying is, is that do you have all. other industries that do it all at once, like the auto industry, the auto show. They have the major one in Detroit, you know, in, not counting 2020. Okay. Let's just go back to, you know, yeah, things are going to be different, but they could still do their own things, but do it around the same time so that we have, okay, what do we got to look forward to in the coming year from you uh, that got us all excited in the summertime? during E3 in the first place as fans and then being able to go in and read in depth on things when you, as a fan, being able to go in and read about this in a magazine or on a blog or watch a video about it. And so it wasn't just during those two weeks. It was like the weeks afterwards of information that would come up, that would come out of it, the behind the scenes stuff, the, the, the backdoor uh, interviews, probably not the right thing to say, but the, uh, the, you know, the, the behind the doors uh, interviews that you don't get to see during the E3 week, you know? So it's all those things that mean something, but it's so spread out through last year. Maybe it's just because it was the first year that it's just disoriented and stuff that we just needed to give it another chance for it to come together. But definitely E3 needs to get their stuff together or ESA needs to get their stuff together and figure it out and figure out what's right for the industry and the consumers. Figure out what those other people are doing. Like like going back to the auto show as an example. You know, 
auto shows have to go and pay for space for space or time or whatever, you know, so it's done. So, and then even the people who come to see the show have to pay tickets and then they do other smaller shows throughout the year. Uh, and then yes, those car companies do do other announcements during those shows as well. Right. So like, uh, there's the major announcements, the big deal things that are announced during the, the Detroit show. Then the other shows like the LA show or the New York show or the, or the others overseas, the overseas ones are more of the foreign cars. They do their announcements there. And then there, the LA is more of the, the sportier cars are done there. And the New York ones is more of the, the fancier cars, you know? So there's like methods behind everything. There's other examples is my point that the ESA can follow to be able to do a good E3 again for people to follow both the industry and uh, the consumer. And Tim, I completely agree with you. And I, I think that that's exactly what needs to happen. But I also see the current climate that the video game industry exists in. And that is for a lot of people and a lot of devs and, and publishers who are using games as a service or beginning to use games as a service, uh, updates throughout the year equal eyes on, which equals money in pockets. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so that I think that that's why, you know, Nintendo was brilliant in like I, I remember back when they started doing it, it was like why in the world would you do Nintendo Direct why would you not just tell us everything for the year at E3 but what they did was they 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 started this awkward at first but then eventually uh endearing way of communicating with people throughout the year uh and conditioning us to wanting updates right uh and I would say that Nintendo succeeding at that and then other companies following their lead is what is causing the ESA and E3, the problems they're having now. Uh, and but now think about how Nintendo did it too, is they actually did uh, E3, not at E3, but around E3, they did a major thing around that time, but sure. still did their thing throughout the year. Right. So I'm saying the companies can still do that. Oh but yeah, I think, I think E3 needs to be a major focal point. Yes. But, but, also, what, what you're seeing is not just a branching off of the big three, but now you've got indie developers and publishers of their own like Ubisoft and Bethesda doing their own directs or doing their own thing. And eventually what that's going to do is it's going to leave those 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 frame corners are eventually going to unravel the, the tapestry. Right. Well, the, and the indies have learned to not necessarily go all out at E3 unless they had the support of the big three to do that. Right. Right. They usually well, went to PAX to do their stuff. Yeah, unless yeah, unless they got involved with right. Devolver. But Devolver the indies does. usually go with the PAX shows to help showcase their stuff through. Yeah. You know. Well, and that's another, I'm glad you mentioned that because that's another great point. I, I don't think it was ever intended this way, but PAX, and which eventually became PAX East and PAX West and PAX South, went a long way to decentralizing E3 as well. Because yeah. now I can go, I can go to PAX, and I could drop a big announcement there, and boom, everybody knows it immediately. And it's I don't have to wait till June; it's December or March or yes. whatever it is. And that's hype, and hype is king, right? Yep. I mean, do we agree? Hype is king. Yes. Uh, because Nintendo just ran seven months of Mario hype. Hype is king. Yeah. Uh, but 
whether this pans out or not, I'm going to, I'm going to make a prediction here and Tim, you can note this in the podcast notes. Okay. Yes. While we would love this to be 10 or $20, it's going to be $49.95. It's going to be 50 bucks. Going to equate to about $10 a day for you to get access to these demos because why not? You can pay that for a game. You're paying and, and, and they're going to use words like exclusive experience so that because they've again hype is king. They have to hype you into paying yeah. fifty. So forty nine ninety five for the just the games or forty nine ninety five for access that includes whatever, games. Whatever that experience, whatever that paywall experience okay, is forty nine ninety nine. See, but gotcha. you buy a game, you get to play the game forever. But this I imagine these will be self-destructing at the end of the event you're not gonna oh, be able sure. to play this two two weeks later so it's gonna be like those while i don't disagree with your 50 times I, I hope it's not 50 i hope it's, it's not I, I'm, I'm saying i don't hope it's 50 i don't want to pay 50 dollars for this <laughs> right but i'm saying that they have a fan base that will pay 50 dollars. guys look nintendo knows that you'll pay 50 dollars for it you know how i know that because so many of us fought tooth and claw to buy super mario brothers one and the lost levels on a game and watch for how much Some, sometimes more than once 50 dollars. all right Brian. so i got uh marty predicts e3 will have a paywall of 49.95 for consumer access to the experience if they do it yeah if they do absolutely it. uh and so we'll see we'll see and, and y'all look e3 is coming up quick you think june's a, a long a, a long way away but it is not yeah it's two and a half months Two and a half months, uh, and I do expect, unlike last year, I do expect Nintendo will have some kind of digital event at E3. Yeah, I'm thinking that's when, like, they're big. They're, if they're going to do some something for Zelda 35th, that's where that's where they're it's going to happen. Close out the just, year. just like yeah. just like the big Mario announcements. That was guaranteed. That was supposed to be an E3 thing, but COVID. Yep, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's talk about Fortnite for a minute. Uh, Fortnite was updated this week, uh, and a pleasant surprise came along with it. And up, the update to the game decreased the size of the game by 140 megabytes, but also improved the performance of the game on Nintendo Switch to allow for higher resolution in both modes. Uh, handheld went from 560p to 660p, and docked went from 780p to 880p. I've jumped in, and not only did they add this, but they added in some Easter Easter events. Oh, Marty glitched out again. We can hear <laughs> you, Marty. <laughs> oh, wait, you're muted again. No, you're muted. <laughs> Sorry. It's all right. So uh, Easter events they got yeah, going on. They added on. in the Easter events. They also added in uh, this. Uh, they added in Raptors. And I don't know if, if any of y'all are playing and you have run into the Raptors. Uh, they're terrifying. Can, can yes, I? they should be. Tim, have you have you played and run into some Raptors? I've run into Rapster, Raptors, but in a different game. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, we'll uh, the Raptors killed me earlier today. Okay. Because I happened upon, they travel in packs of three or four, uh, and I managed to take down three of them and ran out of ammo because I ran into them early in the game. Interesting. And what they do is you can hear them. They kind of have this bark. And uh, if you, if they will hunt you, 
Like they, it's not like they will kind of like chickens and frogs. They run away. Boars will charge at you. Raptors will hunt you. So are these they Fortnite raptors or are they raptors from say Jurassic Park? They are Fortnite raptors. Okay. Um, they they have their own little distinct look, but they will come chasing after you, and they will lunge at you. And it takes about if they hit you. It takes about a third of your health bar. So it's not. Okay. They they are not anything to mess with. If you kill uh, them, can you use them for crafting? If yes, they do give okay. meat and bones, but at this point, like I think the re- risk is not worth the reward. Fortnite cross monster hunter, maybe without actually saying it. But <laughs> I, I did want to ask him: Have you played it since it updated? I have, yes, and I I actually bought a battle pass for it. Okay, uh, but. Okay. I've been. Uh, did you notice any difference? I actually haven't jumped in since they did the update. So because right. they did, they didn't do it right at the beginning of the season, did they? No, this it was just, this update it just went dropped yesterday, which is recently, right? Yeah. So I played first. like first few days of the season, uh, with and then got a battle pass and stuff like that. But I haven't played well, since they did the update. I, I'll, this will save me from talking about it during the, what's we what we've been playing. But I've actually jumped into it a lot over the last couple of days. The handheld uh, resolution bump does make a huge difference. Okay. Uh, like at least to me, I could tell a difference, and I'm usually I usually can't tell that big a difference, you know, in those things. Docked, it does look a little better. It seems like it flows a little better. Uh, but handheld coming up, that extra uh, from 560 to 660 is, I thought it looked really good and I, I, in particular i thought this season uh in particular i think the just the way that they've done some of the visual things like with the uh part of the map the grass being orange you know and everything right. versus contrast i think it's been gorgeous uh with the way they played with the colors and stuff even like in the prehistoric type stuff yeah uh, and it looks great on switch and so cool. anything that gives me space back and gives me a performance update, I'm all for it. Nice. I, I, I really like it. Uh, this season, if y'all aren't in, uh, is, is, is really good. It's, it's really good right now. Uh, and it's a great place to start. Um, if you haven't been playing Fortnite, it's a great time to jump back in uh, because of just some of the various changes they've made. But uh, that update's out there, and it actually – uh, another thing I, I want to praise them about for here is that update didn't take long to, to download. Usually when Fortnite does a big update like that, it's taking me like an hour to download it and update it, uh, even on good internet that I have. Uh, <laughs> and uh, this this one did not take long at all. So maybe they're learning a few things. Uh, they need to send some Nintendo ninjas over there and teach, teach them how to compress. Uh, all companies can benefit from that. Uh, let's move on and talk about last week. We talked about the Pikmin app, uh, from Niantic that had been revealed. Well, information on the Pikmin app has been shared this week. Uh, the game starts with a player receiving Pikmin seedlings in an item bag. And these seedlings grow by absorbing step energy, which is generated by walking and can be plucked once enough energy has been collected. Then they can be individually named or assigned an auto generated name. And as you explore by walking, you'll discover new seedlings to increase your Pikmin squad in addition to existing Pikmin picking up items. Uh, Basically, you get fruit, which turns into nectar, uh, so that they bloom flowers, allowing you to collect their petals. This app will have no microtransactions when it first came out, 
And some people are already getting to play it. A beta has started in Singapore. And so if you're listening to us and you're in the Singapore area, check it out. You can play Pikmin on your phone. Uh, hopefully. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, does this make you any more excited for this game? Does this make it blip on your radar anymore at all? It has me curious, but you know, considering I don't really walk when I play Pokemon Go, I, I normally drive to where I need to go because it's more location-based that has some walking elements, where this seems to be focused on the walking with less location elements. So we'll, we'll see how well that works with my play style. Okay. Tim, what about you? Yes, I, I actually like it when Nintendo is doing these mobile things, and I'm more than likely always going to check it out, you know, so whatever they throw out there. And I think we joked about this in the Discord, Nick and I, because basically uh, saying whatever Nintendo throws at us, we're always going to check it out as Nintendo fans, you know, so. But uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, just like Jesse was saying, I'm curious about it. I'm curious what they're, how they're going to, what the gameplay mechanics are going to be. And I'm sure it's going to evolve over time. So whatever they throw at us uh, out the door on the first day is not going to be the same a year later. So it's going to be interesting to see how it evolves and what it becomes over time as well. Well, and and here's the thing. Uh, most Nintendo apps in the last little bit save Mario, right? Uh, it's free to check it out. And if you, like Tim said... You don't have to put much into it. And if you don't like it, just delete it. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yep. it's, it's pretty easy. So uh, any guesses on when we might see this stateside? I was actually surprised to see it's already in beta in a, in a region. So this hints at maybe sooner than later. I was originally thinking it'd be more towards maybe fall. Yeah. I don't, but I, being a walking I, thing, I would think they would want it out during the warmer months too. You know, yeah, in, the, well, in again, this region, again, which hints at why fall would be good because if it's summer here, it's still winter in southern hemisphere. But if it's fall here, it's spring down there. True. So True. That would at least get more initial bump worldwide. Or but, well, I mean, depend. Like you said, it depends too because spring just started. So if they can get it out the door. You know, sometime in April, it's still then it's you know fall somewhere else in spring here. <laughs> so I'm feeling like this is going to be summer for some reason. Okay. Yeah, I, I yep. feel like we'll probably see it uh, in hopes uh, that it will blow up and get big this summer. Or, or too going back to Jesse's fall thing, even though we're seeing the beta now, there may be things they have to fix that may push it to the fall. You know, depending on how the beta goes and what they learn from it. True. Hmm. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, I don't give a rip about this game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna use it. I'm not gonna go outside and walk. Uh, in fact, tonight at the grocery store, we forgot something in the back, and uh, my wife and I had a conversation in which I basically said, "Do I really have to walk back there?" <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, "Yes, yes, you well, do." I know in, in Pokemon Go, that the missions to get the shiny Mew, I'm almost to the point that'll unlock the, the page where one of the items is walk 151 kilometers. Well, and unless I good luck put to a, you, if I 
unless I put forth enough an effort to walk more, it will take me three months to get past that. Because I've been do averaging you, ten to fifteen uh, kilometers a week. Do you think could you do it on a um, a treadmill? No, because it's not necessarily step based. They actually GPS follow you, which is how it knows if you're going. If you go, if you're driving speed, it you know, if you get from point A to point B too fast, that that distance won't count. Can you do it on a boat? If Can you do it on boat? a goat? I don't, I don't know. Like my, Pokemon. <laughs> like when, when when Pokemon Go was new, I uh, know my kids would go out like riding their bikes, and if they gunned it. They would they would catch that the I think you're running threshold, but if they just kept it at a casual bike pace, it said that it it treated it as walking distance. And they were able just to a very long quick. stride. Can you do it in a house? <laughs> How about on a mouse? Can you do it in a mouse? Squeak. <laughs> can you can you catch them in a the house? Can you catch this electric mouse? <laughs> Oh, now that's all I'm going to think about the rest of the show. Thank you, Tim. <laughs> You're welcome. Anytime. You. you just got pikachu Yes. Yes. Electric mouse. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Th- this is not good. Now it's, uh, my mind is spinning. Uh, that's that's the, a you problem. Uh, it is. Yeah, it is. Uh, here's a couple of last-minute uh, news items, just a couple of little blips. Uh, the book Ask Iwata or Iwata-san in Japan uh, will be released this month uh, here in English. That's April 13th of this month. Uh, it was also announced that the book is going to get translated into nine additional languages. Some of those will release in April along with the English version, others later this year. So it's going to be in French, German, Spanish, Italian, Hungarian, Russian, Korean, traditional Chinese, and simplified Chinese. Everybody is going to know uh, about Iwata direct to you. Uh, I do you guys? I think Jesse, you'd said something about maybe having this pre-ordered. Yeah, I pre-ordered it. Tim, uh, not yet. I was waiting, but I will be getting it for sure. Yeah, I'm definitely. This is probably going to be what I asked for for my birthday. Is it, well, one of the things I asked for for my birthday. I asked my wife today. I walked. You know, we, I came home for lunch, and I was like, "So it's getting kind of close." And I just wondered how are we going to be celebrating my birthday this year. What, what, what are you going to do to celebrate my magnificence? And uh, she rolled my she rolled her eyes and told me load the dishwasher. Uh, and so uh, you know how well that went over. That's that's our wives' jobs, isn't it? To make sure we remain humble, yep. right? Yeah, that's right. Keep my keeps my feet keep uh, keep us down. Yes. Uh, one little other news <laughs> whip here. Uh, in one week. Uh, Capcom has shipped 4 million copies of Monster Hunter Rise, uh, of which 1.3 million units were sold in Japan alone. I don't know if you guys saw the uh, Japanese uh, sales figures this week for Nintendo Switch. They absolutely, literally doubled in one week. Over 150,000 new Switches sold in Japan uh, in the past week. I thought it was 250,000. Was it? Was it 200? I must have read that wrong. Maybe uh, it was 150 last week? Ooh, I don't know. Now you've got me one to look. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Switch Family sold 267,000 in just in Japan in the last week. Right. <laughs> 
So, uh, guys, I, like, I don't, you know, if you ask me, do you think Nintendo's doomed? Oh, yeah, they're totally doomed. Doomed. Totally doomed. Doomed. No, uh, I, it's, it's, uh, that's impressive, especially because, I mean, obviously we knew it was going to blow up in Japan. Uh, but the real hopes I think Cop- Capcom has been having is that it blow up more in the U.S. Uh, because it's been growing over time. Yeah, I really think that Capcom is is pushing for Monster Hunter to become one of their top tier franchises. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just hope that that doesn't mean that they forgot about poor little Mega Man. Yeah, I think they'll come back to Mega Man. I think they'll be fine. Uh, and that does not mean that I want Mega Man and Monster Hunter. It's a, rather- it's an armor. It's an armor you can get. Uh, Wouldn't that be awesome? I'd rather <laughs> choke to death on a marshmallow. You know you would play the game yeah. if there was a Mega Man no, in the armor you can no, get. No, <laughs> I wouldn't. Because I played the demo of this game and deleted it 10 minutes into it. Yeah. I was like, this is stupid. Uh, so, I press oh, the button and 10 seconds later you swing the sword? No. You got the wrong yeah. weapon. That's why. Well, no, there's nothing there to tell me which one I need. It's like, let's start them in the middle of a quest. You learn from osmosis. (laughs) Did you know that? (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) So I'm looking at the sales data. These are the numbers in Japan. Monster Hunter Rise, 1.3 million. Number two game is uh, 3D World Bowser's Fury, (laughs) 37,000. Wow. Everybody's playing Monster Hunter. And then number three game, I don't know anything about this, but it is here available here on Switch, is the Quintessential Quintumplets uh, Summer Memories also come in fives. Uh, so uh, what? The, the Quintessential Quintuplets. It's an anime series. Oh, okay. Well. Yeah, so it, the uh, Switch version is number three in the chart. The PS4 version is number nine in the chart, selling half of what the Switch sold. All so, Marty... Listen, all these newfangled millennials and their animes and their mangas running around with half-naked girls and cats and whatever. You're saying this as if it's a problem. And then there's half-naked <laughs> cat girls. So, what? so, Marty, in regards to what you're saying about trying the demo and just like whatever – and I totally get it. And I think that might we got to consider looking at these numbers to see how many people are trying to give this a chance by buying this game and yeah. that inflated their numbers as well. And, so, well, I think there's a lot of people that this is probably their first Monster Hunter. Yeah. Right. I, I think that the buzz was significant enough. Again, hype is king. Yes. Uh, and Nintendo really hyped this game up. And so there was, uh, I think there's definite. Um, at least here in the states, a trying to capture the breath of the wild crowd. Yeah, uh, and right? I can see that with this game definitely. So because of the climbing abilities just, in the I vertical, wish that, that it could control so much better than it does. <laughs> I actually found that uh, there's a setting in the or not found but learned through I think the NVC video that there's a setting to do an uh, auto target. So. Okay. I didn't know that was there, and it's now automatically turned on. So Which it, it should be. It should yeah. be. Uh, you can turn it off if you want to. Yes, but and that's that's the sucky thing about this, and I'm and a lot of us mentioned it that there's a lot to, they throw at you at the beginning, which is does not make you want to play it, and and they leave a lot to you to learn, which is very helpful for you to go to YouTube. And let me remind everybody who's listening to go check out 
was a Blanc's video, John's video from Dad's After Dark for his uh, it, actually their last uh, Dad's After Dark podcast. Actually, he talked about um, Monster Hunter and gave some really good pointers from a newcomer's perspective, from a noob's perspective, you know. Yeah. Uh, that was some really good pointers, and I highly resource. recommend this. Absolutely. Yes. So, but not just his, but there's all these other ones uh, that you can go to, and get glean some information from them as well. Uh, like I said, MVC or um, Casey sent out a really good one, like 24 things you should make sure you have taken care of. And I and think see, that's the one the thing, I learned like, about the auto target. Read, if I have to read like a long document or some kind of like treaties of a tutorial before I even boot up the game, chances are I'm not going to play that. Oh, you boot up the game. That's where all the tutorials are is well, in there the thing, that you're reading. The thing is, that's, what happened to me. that's what happened to me with Stardew Valley. Yeah. Like, I really want to like Stardew Valley, but then I keep hearing people like, oh, you got to go read this website before you start. You got to know this before you start. And I'm like, then why didn't the game just teach me that? Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, tutorials, developers, listen to me. Or tutorials gradually. Or gradually. I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to come back to this. This is important. This is an important moment in episode 320. Tutorials are important. Yes. Remember that. I'm coming back to it later in the show. And not all at once. Yes. Yes. That is, that's, yeah. Anyway, uh, that's all our news. Let's talk about, uh, is this rumor really real? I mean, let's, let's just go over there and talk about it. Ladies and gentlemen, breaking news here on the Nintendo Dads podcast uh, here, episode 320. We're sad to report that Justin Masson will no longer be with the show as he is joining the circus. Not just him, his entire family is joining the local circus. So no more business, Justin. Uh, no more uh, 7-Eleven, Tim Hortons, Justin. No, instead... Elephant ear, now, Justin. What's that? Elephant ears, Justin. No, el yeah. Now he's just going to be elephant, <laughs> Justin. He's going to be leading the elephants around. Yes. At the local circus. And so uh, we just want to take a minute right here during the show to say. Uh, say goodbye. Uh, goodbye. And we're going to miss you. And also say April Fool's Day. If you yes. believed us, maybe it's a little too late for you to be awake right now. <laughs> past your bedtime go to bed uh anyway i don't know who put that in the notes but i had to run with it uh let's run over a couple of events real quick listen up y'all it's community game night time this coming saturday hopefully you hear this in time april 3rd 3 p.m. Eastern, that's 8 p.m. in the UK, and 9.30 Eastern uh, as well for Apex Legends as a community. You can join in, and we can all die together. <laughs> quickly. <Yep. laughs> Very quickly. <laughs> well, uh, Justin will, will hopefully be here to lead the way uh, and show us everything that we uh, need to know. From the circus. Uh, die. Yeah, well, I said everything we need to know. So <laughs> I played with Justin. Um, neither of us did really good. Um, but anyway, that's that's, that's what we're hoping game. to do is basically play this game and help each other out, especially in this Switch community. And we're going to also see if we get enough people to start playing, if we uh, turn off 
the cross platform and see if we end up being able to play together cuz obviously you can only do trios sure but if we're ever if we're all in the same server will we see each other in the you know yeah but you the, should definitely this is where you want to be uh, a Patreon member and get access to our Let's Play channel where you can be in the Discord audio with the rest of us talking and chatting yes. and having a great time uh, there. So, uh, Tim, you're you're organizing these, correct? With Chris, uh, one of our community members. Chris, so we're working I, together on it. Can I tell you all something? Y'all are absolutely killing it with, the, with this. Y'all are doing such a good job. I'm so thankful. Uh, for this. This was one of the things after Extra Life last year, people said they wanted. They were like, we want more community game nights. Uh, and uh, you and I need to talk real soon about running a Jackbox night. Because of course. The night that we did that. Um, that way people don't have to buy them because I have, I own all of them. Excellent. I, I would be glad to host that. Um, yeah. Anytime you or Jesse or Justin want to do that, I mean, just. We um, definitely want to. Yeah. We'll just. You can always like just said, shout be, out to Chris too. So. About that. Uh, and speaking of Jesse, we're going to throw it over him uh, to him right now. Hit us with that Pokemon Go event news, buddy. Yeah, most of these I had in the show notes last week, but we uh, ditched them. But they're still relevant, so I just kept them for this week. Uh, the Pokemon Go spring event starting from April 4th at 10 a.m. local through April 8th at 8 p.m. local time. Certain Pokemon in the wild will spawn with... Flower crowns, including Chansey and Hapini. This event will also kick off Mega Lopani raids. Uh, April Community Today will feature Snivy April 11th from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. local time. For $1, trainers can purchase a Community Day exclusive special research story, Snivy in the Sunshine. April Raid Encounters, uh, it's, it's started on the 30th, will be a Thernian Form Tornadus. And then starting on April 13th, Thurnian form Landorus, which will be the, the last of the Thurnian forms. And then starting on the 27th, we'll go back to the incarnate form, but it'll be all three, Tornadus, Thunderous, and Landorus. The April research breakthrough encounter this month is a male frillish. So that if you're still needing ghost types for your catch 30 of every type you know there's there's your one one a week of guaranteed of a ghost type and then also started today they don't have these in the notes but today started an event where they had pokemon that are mischievous will spawn more in the wild and then so i'm needing dark types for this collect 30 of every type thing so because uh, dark types hasn't been spawning hardly at all last month so with this event Purloin is spawning. So, ooh, dark types. So the first purloin I catch turns out to be a ditto. Like, really? So, well... Cause, On so, April yeah. Fool's Day? Well, ditto's also mischievous. Yeah. So, yeah. So I didn't get credit for that as a dark type because ditto is not a dark type. I did eventually... While I was out earlier today, I did catch enough purloin to uh, finish that step. So I'm just a two or three types away out of the 18 on each, on each of my accounts. Okay. That's, that's all of the events I have. Awesome. Uh, so go out there and get your Pokemon and let's talk about what we've been playing. Shall we?
right, Tim, what you've been playing, you got a paragraph here. I want to hear all about it. <laughs> all right. Yeah. It's uh, hopefully I'll get through this quickly. So, but um, uh, NES on NSO, obviously with the um, uh, monthly mayhem stuff. Uh, and this week I got to do, or at least when it was, yeah, I think it was this week. Uh, it was my solo turn. So I wasn't doing versus or co-op this time. Uh, and monthly mayhem is going on right now where we're playing NES on NSO games, um, either versus or co-op or solo. And this time, like I said, my turn was to do a solo game. And I got my game was Donkey Kong arcade classic series, uh, again on the NES. And I can, I think I could say I've never played it on the NES. And if I did, I don't remember. And if I did, it was briefly and not long enough to learn about the loop thing. <laughs> I never knew about loops. So I, when I was told I had to create, you know, I got five points per loop. I, I had to ask what the heck is a loop, you know, for Donkey Kong. I thought it was just going to Donkey Kong and get a high score. Uh, but no, it's basically every time you knock him down, I guess, uh, down on his butt. Especially uh, every third stage. Yes, it's a loop. So I was not getting a loop for, and I had to do something in 15 minutes, basically get a loop. And if you got so many loops, you got five points per loop. Thankfully the dads after dark guys were gracious enough to let me get my, you know, five points for the first loop I ever got uh, at least four minutes past the 15 minute mark. So <laughs> I, cause I was like, Hey, I got a loop, but it's too late. And they said that they would count it. So yeah, I picked on Tim a little bit saying, cause you know, uh, John and I did 133 loops when we got to a kill screen. So everyone should be able to at least do one. Yes. And I did. <laughs> I finally did one after almost 20 minutes <laughs> after figuring it out. Cause I, I haven't, I had never made it past the first stage, I guess, or maybe even the second stage when playing it or level. Uh, so I didn't know about the loop thing. And I really didn't pay attention to it. So, but, and then when I got to the third stage, I had no clue what to do with that. I was like, okay, I made it to the top. What, what's happening? Why isn't anything happening? <laughs> it's because I didn't clear out the brackets that hold the beams to make Donkey Kong fall yeah, you down. Have to remove the rivets from every level. Didn't know that. I so I'm just running around and <laughs> just like, I made it. What's why isn't there anything happening? What's going on? And then I would die and, you know, so finally figured it out like four minutes, like I said, past 15 minute mark. That It was really fun to see that I figured it out and got it done and got my first loop in a Donkey Kong game after, what, so many years of seeing this game in the arcade? <laughs> 40. Yes, yes. So, um, so there's that. And then, of course, I've been, I jumped uh, back into um, Animal Crossing. And I'll update the notes there, Jesse. Uh, but Animal Crossing getting um, decorating, you know, or decorating my island for Easter and collecting more eggs and uh, hopping in, uh, hoping for more cherry blossom petal DIYs because I missed quite a few of them last year because I was just learning the game when cherry blossoms were out. And then also because, you know, the bunny day was coming up that time you know, too last, last year. Last so. year when the game came out and it was doing cherry blossom stuff, like literally it was over in a week yeah it was very quick and, and like, i didn't I know what the heck recipe was the... and yeah. caught maybe two cherry blossoms yes <laughs> and i so, haven't seen any this year at all right 
they just i we just went in there today my wife actually found them first when she went on before i got on the show she was like oh the cherry blossoms are out so uh and i sure enough they were when i jumped in before the show and uh caught a couple petals and I haven't seen any DIYs yet, but I don't know if that'll come after this Easter, you know, with the bunny day. Um, if we'll see more DIYs, because right now it's more around the Easter stuff or, but I wasn't in long enough to see, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that, getting more of that stuff. Cause I like the cherry blossom stuff. I did get a few things last year. I was lucky to get those things, but there's a f- other things that I missed that I want to add to my cherry blossom hookup. <laughs> so, um, then, uh, of course, as we talked about Monster Hunter Rise, I've been playing that um, and, you know, playing menus, mistakes and monsters is what I talk about <laughs> playing that in the Monster Hunter Rise, because it's basically when you first start all about the menus, all about the tutorials. And like like we were just talking about before, it was like, that's the only thing I can gripe about right now is about the game is how slow it is to start and all the tutorials they throw at you at once. And I, I can understand why people like this game after giving it a chance, after getting past that point. And that's the only thing I could say to a lot of other people is that you have to kind of, if, if you want to try this game, you have to get past those tutorials. And But you got to take your time and understand what you're doing in those tutorials as well. So if you're not getting what they're explaining in the game, it doesn't hurt to go out to YouTube and look up those things to understand how to use those things. And I, there's still a lot more that I'm learning. And again, I recommend what um, the Dads After Dark podcast, their latest episode about their Monster Hunter tips, about John's tips there, because they're coming from a new person's perspective and not somebody who's been doing it for years. And also our own community, if you come in, we have a channel for that too. Uh, although it is at the $5 and above level to get it into the spoilers channel. Uh, we do have some people who like Sam, third strongest mole who come in there and who has a lot of experience with the monster hunter games and gives a lot of points and tips in there as well. So really good community as always, when it comes to new games. And if you're involved, you can always come in there and there's always somebody there to help. Um, and especially for the multiplayer aspect, which I, again, I, before I, uh, move on to my next game. I have to mention again, Sam says hi to you guys as always. Hi, Sam. <laughs> and he uh, he had to get a his he's 12 years old and he still had a baby tooth that had I forget what word they use, but basically had exploded when his adult tooth came in and he had chunks of baby tooth in his gums all around that adult oh. tooth that he had to have removed today. So he had to go through an ordeal with that. So I told him he had been begging to get Monster Hunter Rise. I told him, you know, get through today and I'll get you that game. And he did. And he did a great job and he got that game today. So very Very proud of him. And he's he's looking forward to playing uh, multiplayer with me. And I'm looking forward to it, too. So I just he was begging for me to play with him earlier today. But I told him he had to get through more of the game first. (laughs) So he knew what he was doing. Um, So. I'm looking forward to doing multiplayer with that and with the community as well, like as I was getting back to, because uh, there are already people getting together for the community stuff. Um, John kind of explained to me what I had to do, and I'm hoping to be able to jump into there with the multiplayer online stuff. So I just need to get through a couple tutorials on my weapon because I want to get better at it, and then I'm re- I'll feel more comfortable in jumping in a multiplayer game. Uh, 
little time and I'll leave it and I'll leave off with this because I know this leads into your thing, Marty, but uh, I spent a little time with Narita boy as well. And I know you've been playing it. So I will leave all the details to you other than I have been having fun with this game and I agree with you. It is wild. Uh, I think you mean Narita boy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's the first thing that happens when you boot this game up. And I was like, Oh my gosh. We're in for uh, you like that meditation stuff, you know. It's- uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, had, I don't know that I've gotten as far as you have yet, though. But we'll talk about it here in just a minute. Jesse, what have you been playing? Okay, uh, see, I played more of the uh, Hatsune Miku Logic Paint S. Uh, one thing I noticed that I didn't notice last week is, like, in the in the Jupiter games, they normally have like one page, maybe two of the higher of the higher size puzzles. So, like fifteen or maybe thirty of the high end puzzles. Most of them will be fifteen by fifteens. This one gives you a hundred and fifty twenty by twenties, which is the largest size of puzzle in this game. And so I figured I was after doing the first three or four of them. I'm like I've been doing this between seven and a half and ten minutes each. So I'm like, this is like 20 hours of content just for this section. So this will take me a while to get through. So I'm just under halfway through the the 20 by 20 section. And then I still have going the the 15 by 15 mega puzzles. Which is, each big puzzle is 25 15 by 15 smaller puzzles. So that'll and then there's I think there's eight of them. So that, that'll take me a while to go through, too. So I don't think... It, it'll probably take me another two weeks before I'm finished with this game. Um, another game I picked up, I I didn't think anyone else was going to talk about this, so I figured I'd have to take my chance at it. It was, oddly enough, released on Monday. The Game of Life 2. <laughs> 2! It's a sequel! So are, are you all familiar with the original board game with the spinner? Yeah. Yes. Okay, so... The game is effectively that. The board has changed a little bit from what I remember. I don't know if the actual game has changed or if this is, as you said, a sequel to the original one. And basically, you know, just like the game starts off with a similar type of choice the original game has. Do you want to go to college, start with less money but a better paying job, or just go into the workforce? And then once... like. What I remember from the original game, that's really the only choice you have. There are a few other branching paths, but no really reason of why they're branching paths. And then getting married is something that you have to do. In this game, you don't. You can choose to not get married. So there's a branching path of that. Do you want married or stay single? Then the next branching path is do you want to increase your family or do you want to have a chance at more investments like buying houses so if you take the expand your family route there'll be more spaces of you know it's just like a baby on the space expanding the family can include a child or a pet doesn't it's not forcing you to do anything even when if you're married if you're marrying you don't have to marry someone of the opposite gender if you want to go man man woman woman the game will let you do that so when you choose your spouse, you pick between three other icons it gives you, and you can pick which one you want. And then at the very end, it has, uh, do you want a risky path or a more safe path? 
and like the risky path has what they call fate spaces on almost every square if it's not a pay taxes space. And what that does is it changes the spinner layout to a new layout and you give it a spin and see what happens. So it's like three in 10 chance of having to pay taxes, two in 10 chance of just doing a normal action card, which is like the majority of the spaces on the board. And like one in 10 chance of having, of adding to the family, one in 10 chance of getting a better job, one in 10 chance of getting a house. So good things or bad things can happen with these, on these fate squares. And, uh, then, so the, the, the gameplay is relatively what you'd expect if you know the original board game. Then this game also gives you multiple boards. What I was thinking or hoping this would do is actually have different gameplays or different game elements where actually changes the game. So that kind of disappointed me a little bit in that it doesn't. It's still the same game, still the same board. The difference is, depending on what board you're on, it is like changes the themes of what type of jobs you can get, what type of real estate you can buy. So instead, like the original game will be your traditional jobs, like you know, doctor, computer programmer, artist, athlete. If you're one that's more of a haunted house type of one, you'll get like werewolf, ghost as your jobs, <laughs> and you buy. I don't know. I don't even know what you can think you can buy. Cemetery plot, maybe. I don't know. Uh, so, so they have a total of four different boards you can play with. They have DLC that'll add like seven or eight more later. So then, after I realized what was going on with the other boards, I tried a multiplayer game, and that's why the boards ended up where they why they do. Is uh, is if I say multiplayer, it doesn't necessarily match make me with someone wanting to play the same board with me. Or, you know, four people wanting to play the same board. It'll just match make you with four people. They will play on whatever board they chose. And the, their real estate options and their jobs will be depending on their board. So while I could become a doctor, some, someone else could become a werewolf because they're on the haunted house board. So the game is effectively the same other than just those more cosmetic changes. You know, dollar amounts and are effectively the same. So that doesn't change the gameplay at all. And then the last thing that this game does, you know, yeah, you have a choice of what type of car or motorcycle you want to ride in. And then you have a choice of outfit your avatar wears during the game. They have these unlocks that you do so many tasks, you'll eventually unlock whatever extra item is, is hidden behind. So like the, the first time you win a game, you'll get one puzzle piece out of six. The second time you win a game, you'll get the second one. So I don't know if it's always one-to-one. It wouldn't surprise me if I needed to win 10 games before you finally get the last piece. But once you get the last puzzle piece, then you'll unlock some, probably like an avatar costume that you can then take into the game with you. So to, uh, you can show that you've beaten the game so many times in multiplayer games by selecting that uh, costume. Presuming that's what it is. I haven't unlocked anything yet. But presuming you have to play the game so many times to do that, I don't know if I ever will. And then each board has their own set of unlocks. So I'd have to play the game 
12 to 15 times on each board to do all these unlocks. They really think you're going to play a lot of uh, Game of Life, too. Yeah, I don't think I will. <laughs> I do want to play a little bit more of it because I, it's, it's fun to play when I have nothing else going on. But it's, it's not something I'm going to dedicate a month to. Um, and then it does give you, if you're playing against computers, it does let you kind of fast forward when it's computer terms to speed things up. The one thing I wish it didn't do is when it, you know, obviously it'll stop and go back to normal time when it's my turn, but then it'll just stay normal time. I want it to just go back to fast forward time when it's not my turn. I've got to turn it on every time. Mm. So a little annoying. That's not a good design choice. I agree. So is it something that you can, uh, when you do online, when you're online, you don't have, you cannot fast forward. Right. No, I mean, when you're online, can you play with people you know, or is it only matchmaking? They do have friends online and global online. I have not tried with friends online because probably okay. none of my friends else have bought this game. But uh, I have done three or four online games, and they, they've worked. They worked well. I didn't have any issues. Okay. One game it look- had, had a person disconnect at the very beginning of the game, and the game just let us play with three people. Okay. Does it look like it will let you play? I imagine it lets you play locally, right? Local multiplayer? There is a local multiplayer mode. It's worded weird, so I don't know if it's like meant to be everyone has to sit down in front of the 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 the, the TV or the Switch and dedicate a half hour to play the game or if it's you know, I take a turn and shut it off, and then my son will come in, take his turn, shut it off, and then I come back in. So it's more asynchronous multiplayer. Okay. I don't know. I haven't checked it, but it, it's not worded like your normal local multiplayer. Okay. I'm almost I'll, I'll tempted try to, to get I'll it. I'll try to check that this weekend. Okay. I am almost tempted to get it as well because of the ability for local player, because I think it might be fun for the family to gather around the TV and play one way or another, however it is. But also to be able to try to play if it's, you know, community, you know, we get get three other people to play and play a game of life, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And if you're curious, or to even see try it with game, you. If you're curious to see how the gameplay is, I have a video on YouTube. I recorded okay. my the first my first game. I was originally planning on say, playing two games, but the first game took longer than I thought. I bought so I the uh, Monopoly Risk. Uh, I think it's Battleship. Maybe there's a there's a third game in that uh, package that the Hasbro Game Nights. Uh, yep. Thinking that we would get a lot of mileage out of that in our board game Levin House, we've booted it up twice. So yeah, I've done probably that once. Skip twice. the game of life. Just gonna just gonna say Trivial Pursuit. Oh, now we've played Trivial Pursuit. That's actually. That's what the other uh, one is. It's good, but it's not like the original Trivial Pursuits. It's actually more like a game show. So uh, I will say that Jeopardy <laughs> and Wheel of Fortune, the, the games, have gotten more mileage in our house. So Yeah, my wife picked up those. So Jeopardy's really good. Uh, except that we don't like that you can it's multiple choice once you buzz in. Oh. So if you have if you have even a slight bit of intuition, it's if even the NES version didn't have that, you actually had to type it in. Yeah. But you yep. know, once you, you, you I, I learned by accident, but spaces were pretty much optional. So if you're typing in a long word, a long multi-word answer, you just skip the spaces and 
it goes a little oh, bit faster. Okay. And it, and yeah, they give you accepted. a timer and that doesn't help, you know. Oh, definitely. Like, oh, I've got 40 seconds to type this in. Uh, awesome. Uh, let me talk about what we've been. And then the uh, keyboard I'm, still, the keyboard's A, B, C, D instead of QWERTY. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let me help. let me talk about what I've been playing here just real quick. Uh, Tim already referenced Narita Boy, which is out on the Switch right now. It's actually out on all major platforms from Team 17. And y'all, this is like Tron and the 80s and some wild fever dream uh, made a game. It's, it's so bizarre, but it's so good. Like, um, I love everything about this game. Uh, from the aesthetic to the music, um, it's, it's neon and, and dystopian at the same time. And there's just, it's just bizarre is the only way I know to describe it. Like, it's just weird. Uh, it's the story of a boy who gets sucked into his computer called the Narita One, uh, while he's ironically playing a game called Narita Boy, and he becomes the Narita Boy in hopes that uh, he can restore the 13 memories of the creator and uh, basically the programmer of the game. Uh, the game, uh, like part of the game has come alive and is corrupting the rest of the world, uh, and it's just like... I don't know, Tim, you've been playing it like I'm getting Tron, I'm getting 80s movies references, 80s Ready Player One references, Ready Player One. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like some Tron dystopian samurai game. Um, yes. It's just, you got to play it. I'm seeing it, these, I'm wondering if this is something I'd like or not. And it's like it, part And it yes, is a Metroidvania. No. It is a Metroidvania. I'm about 30, 35, 40 minutes into it. I didn't get to play it long today. But what I've played, I've absolutely loved. And I love that the aesthetic of this game is is that the border of the screen is fuzzy and it calls to mind like it's in the shape of a tube television. Yes. Uh, and it has like little lines that go down through it as you're playing and scan, like scan lines and stuff. It's just, it's really. It's next level. It's been a lot of care put into this game, uh, and I highly recommend it, just even off what I've played. Uh, another game I want to talk about that I purchased today, too, is Stick Fighter the Game. Uh, I purchased this because watching the video looked like this was going to go over so well in my house. And, y'all, this game is an absolute hoot. Uh, Justin actually played this game a while ago at EGX. Uh, it, it got announced three years ago for Nintendo Switch, just now out today. The premise is you're a stick man and they drop you in a map, a, a rotating series of maps where there's all kinds of hazards going on and environmental stuff, uh, and you fight to the death in basically 30-second rounds. I mean, that's how fast it goes. Uh, and... Guns are falling from the sky and hazards are flying everywhere. Uh, this game features a snake launcher. All right. There's a gun that literally launches snakes. Uh, I was in a level earlier where it started out and there were like, it was on a level, like everything was level. And then it went down into a pit that had barrels lining the sides. And down there, there were all these guns. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go get these guns because the controls are simple. Y punches or the trigger, like right trigger, punches, B jumps, A puts up somewhat of a little shield, and once you have a gun, you can aim with the right stick and shoot with the with the trigger. 
And so I was like, I'm going to go down there and get this gun and I'm going to be awesome. So I get it and I just start shooting everywhere. The gun punctures the barrels. The barrels are full of snakes. Snakes start coming out of the barrel and they mob me and kill me. And then they just roam back and forth down the bottom, dragging my body back and forth until somebody else falls down there. And he's trying to fight them off. They mob him. And this is all happening within 30 seconds. I mean, it's it's boom, boom, boom like this. The soundtrack is this weird, like, chiptune, dubstep. I don't know like how to describe it. It fits what you're doing. It doesn't get in the way, but it, it's nice to have in the background. Uh, and this is a game that you can pick up. I was actually playing online within 10 seconds of booting up the game. It had found me a game, got me ready, and you can actually play it local too, up to four players. This is one of the best party games I've ever played. Uh, I'm going to put it up there with like Party Golf and Boomerang Foo because you can teach it to somebody in 30 seconds and then they know it. Like it's, you know, you just fight it out. And they're like – whether it's spikes or lava or uh, there's one where this big box is floating back and forth and it comes down and it crushes people and then it swings to the side and people are flying off the edge and they can't get back. And it's, it's just really good. Uh, Sounds crazy. Here's the thing. $7 and 50 cents on the eShop. If you got people coming to your house or if your family likes local co-op stuff where it's like, I don't have to learn a lot of complicated buttons, no pressure. You need this game. Stick Fight. Stick Fight. Uh, I think it's Stick Fight the game. I, I said Stick Fighter, but it's Stick Fight the game. It's right there right now. Okay. Uh, also picked up this week, Retro Mania Wrestling, which is brand new on Nintendo Switch uh, and all major platforms right now. It is the direct sequel to the WrestleMania um uh, arcade game that came out before the one that acclaimed it. So this is one with like the big chunky sprites. Uh, there's like Good maybe one. two buttons that you use and, and, and it was in the arcades. You know, when I was a kid, I had Hulk Hogan and the ultimate warrior and yeah. all the big names of the WWE back then when it was WWF. Now it's been remade um, by, uh, I think the company is retro. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Google this because I want I want to get RetroSoft Studios and it is they claim it to be a direct sequel. Uh, there are wrestlers if you grew up and watching wrestling in the '90s, early 2000s. There's going to be wrestlers uh, in this game that you're going to uh, uh, to know. There's uh, the Legion of Doom. There's Tommy Dreamer. There's the Blue Meanie. Big Stevie Cool. Uh, DLCs coming down the way. Uh, and it's it is made to be a pick up and play wrestling game, unlike the sim style WWE 2K where the every button's used. In this one, it's like three different attack buttons, a run button, and that's it. And it is chaotic and frenetic. I still don't have a like have a handle on how to play it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> like I played I played a bunch of matches the other day and I was I lost all of them. But, like, I'm learning the rhythm of the game. It is uh, – it, and it's meant to look like – you know, they there was one that released about a month or two ago that was meant to look like those old Nintendo 64 wrestling games. Right. This is calling back to the 8-bit, 16-bit arcade era. Uh, I think it's really cool. Uh, and it's it's neat to, like, to play it. There's no creator wrestler, but there is a story mode. There is a Royal Rumble-type mode. There's um, – 
there's there's several different modes where you can just do verses, even like up to four on four tag team matches uh, and stuff like get out of the ring and throw people around, hit them with chairs. Uh, if you like wrestling, you should definitely check this one out. I, I do think this is a game that would have benefited really uh, a whole lot from a demo. Mm. Uh, but uh, it is on sale right now for the next couple of days. Uh, I think it's like five bucks off and then it's going to go up. Um, it's twenty nine ninety nine. Uh if you don't catch it on sale. So it might be a little steep for you, but they do promise DLC. And I don't think that that's, it's going to be paid DLC. I think you're just going to be able to, to download it. Uh, like three wrestlers have already been announced and they're going to add more in later. And these are guys from all over like ECW, WCW, WWE back in the day, independence. Uh, now uh, one of my favorite independent wrestlers is in this game right now, war horse. Uh, and uh, he is awesome. Uh, I've been playing a lot as him. Played as the Blue Meanie. I was a huge Blue Meanie fan back in the day in ECW. Uh, and they, they, they've done. They, there's a lot of care put into the environments, the announcing, different things like that. Um, each of the there's there's arenas that look like uh, a gymnasium, like at a school. There's an arena that looks like the old the ECW ballroom. Uh, there's um, an arcade. There's hell. Uh, so like, there's like skeleton band playing in the background while you're wrestling. It's just, it's, it's supposed, I think it's meant to be tongue in cheek and cheesy and fun. And honestly, that's what we need in wrestling games. And it just needs to be fun. Uh, and so, uh, I'm looking forward to doing a video for this one this weekend. So you can check it out on our channel. I actually be doing one for Narita boy and stick fighter too, but I want to talk about one more game that is a Nintendo game that you need to have on your radar in case this game ever comes to switch. Uh, if you, you remember a few weeks ago, we had Seth Macy on uh, from IGN and Seth talked about a game called loop hero. Uh, and at the time he talked about, it, I was like, I don't know if I'll understand if I like that. I didn't know if I understood it. I think I brought it uh, up to that, that episode. Yeah. And so uh, I've been doing some research on it and somebody had just kind of like a good friend prompted me. He was like, this is your game. Like you need to try this. And so I uh, did some research about how I could play it. I downloaded it on my Mac uh, to play on the Epic Game Store. This game is awesome. It is so good. Uh, as Seth described it, you're a warrior uh, and you're walking on a loop, a looping path, and you don't actually control anything. All right. So the warrior is walking. You can press the space bar to switch from adventure mode to planning mode. And basically what happens is as you'll encounter enemies, they auto, you auto fight them. And that gives you gear and tiles. The gear is used to upgrade your character, like new swords, new shields, new armor, uh, all of this equipped in real time. Uh, and it changes the game. The tiles cause different things to happen in the game. Like you can drop a vampire man manor next to the uh, walkway. And if an enemy pops up, a vampire joins the fight and you have to fight the vampire too, but it gives you greater rewards or you can drop a cemetery on the loop. And every time you pass by, you get a different resource. And so you, you basically you're, you're looping around this, this uh, path over and over and over again, as more and more enemies are spawned, as tiles get spawned that either help you recover HP or boost your overall HP. Uh, and you're collecting these resources that then when you're either defeated and you don't get any of the resources or you finally choose to return to camp and take them with you, 
then you can build up your camp and unlock new tiles and unlock new things that help you uh, get further in the loop. I think if you die, you do keep 30% of what you collected. That's right. You do keep 30%. Thank you for bringing that up. And then uh, I think but, I think it's the cemetery one. The uh, Like, if you defeat an enemy in, a, in the in that square, there's a chance that it become can become a ghost. Yes. That happened to me, and what I wasn't expecting is I killed the ghost, and then it turned into multiple ghosts. Ghosts of a ghost. Ghosts of a ghost. And then I think it turned into something else at the end. I'm like, I don't yeah. remember what that was called. Y'all, there's crazy things. There's crazy things that happen in this game, and there is a story to it about how the world's been ripped apart, and like all the things that you're seeing are actually memories of the world trying to remember things. And it's just, the music is fantastic. Uh, the mechanics are challenging, but not overly so. And it's $15. Like it, it's so cheap uh, for something that I'm like, I'm literally, I'm doing at least two games a day. Like it is, it has its hooks in me of the, just one more, just one more, just one more. Uh, and I cannot wait uh, there, it, it is like you are using the mouse to move a pointer around and, and doing things with this, but it could it could easily be moved to the switch with a stick and press A to grab things and, and take them out. Mainly because of the planning mode, because when you put it in planning mode, the game pauses unless you're in a fight, and it lets you rearrange things and do what you need to do. Then you go back to adventure mode. So. Yeah, and then it may the, sound the, a little complicated. The controls can be not. exactly like they are in Cyanide and Happiness. Is point and click. Nice. Yeah, it's point and click. And if you want to do a touchscreen thing for the handheld mode, that would be great too. Uh, and and here's the thing: it's a great game because it's you know it's a great game because Devolver Digital is the one who's published it. Devolver does not publish bad games; they just don't. They're one of my favorite devs. Uh, and so you can get Loop Hero. It's on Steam. It's on the Epic Game Store. Uh, you can, if you'll go to Loop Hero, I think it's loophero.com. Uh, you can see where to, to get that. And I, like, I know that it's a Nintendo game right now, but totally, totally recommend this. It is so good. It's so, so very good. If you love role playing games, um, you, you need to try this game. You need to. Were you able to beat the Watch. first level yet? Uh, no. Neither can I. And no. I don't know if I will. <laughs> I, I need to I need to build up my base some and build up my guy. Yeah. So uh but that's what I'm working on right now. Well the guys, that's what we've been playing. Uh let's turn on the community spotlight for a couple questions. <laughs> Got a couple of questions uh this week, one for Discord and one for Twitter. Uh, we'll start with this one here from Mecha Dragon 101. He asks us, since it's April Fool's Day today, what prank from any, any company you found, uh, have you found either funny, clever, or got very annoyed or disappointed at? And I'll start because this one came immediately to mind. Uh, I remember a few years ago when uh, I've got two, IGN did the live action Zelda movie trailer. <laughs> and I fell for it, hook, line, and sinker. And the other one was Optimus Prime comes to Titanfall 2. Wow. And I was like, I'm going to have to buy an Xbox. What the crap? You know, and it was and it was very well done. I think it was IGN as well. 
uh, did that. But like I, that I mean, like I, I was mad at the time, but I look back on it and I was like, man, they put some time and money into that, right? You know, it's it it was pretty good. What about you guys? Favorite April Fool's Day prank that either made you mad or you laughed at? I th- uh, one I'm thinking of also came from IGN. It was basically it, everything's coming to Switch. And e- even some cr- crazy games yeah, that made no that. sense. But then some of those games actually did. You're right. <laughs> but wasn't Brian Altano in that video? I think he might have. It's, I think, it's, I think, I think, did, maybe I think it was two numbers. years ago. Oh, yeah. Everything's coming to Nintendo Switch. Uh, Tim, what about you? I'm trying to look it up right now. It's uh, I actually going back to the magazine days, how they used to do their April Fool stuff. Uh, I think I want to say it was I, that's I'm trying to confirm right now. Either EGM or Game Informer. I think I know what you're talking about here. The uh, the jerky publishers and editors and stuff that would make comments and stuff in their articles, and then they'd have just crazy articles in their magazines. But it was like. I'm trying to remember the name of it, uh, their section, because it would be like a whole like other magazine that they started getting into. Um, and I just can't remember the name of it, but they had like a guy named Darth or Darth Clark or something like that that would just make rude comments. He was the editor and stuff like that. And I'm trying to remember, I'm trying to look it up and I can't seem to find it. But um uh, yeah, it was those type of things I looked forward to, actually, every April to see what crazy thing that the magazine did, you know, every April. And then the late, the most recent years, I've been really enjoying what IGN's come up with, especially their Nintendo Direct one they did uh, a year or two ago, uh, where there were crazy predictions. But I, if and that was another thing I was trying to look up real quick is I think a couple of those predictions came true. Or not predictions, but crazy, um, you know, April Fool's jokes, but they actually became true. <laughs> so, but yeah, those are the type of things I really like. Nothing, I, the I only time to... they made me mad is if they, if I wasn't paying attention to yeah. them starting it and they released them a day early, like on the 31st. And I was thrown off like, oh my gosh, this is happening. And then just realized what day it was. That's what makes me mad. I got to I got to give a shout out here to old school gaming. Uh, Jesse, you may remember this uh, from the old school tricks of the trade section from the from Electronic Gaming Monthly magazine that uh, featured how to unlock and fight Shang Long. Oh, yes. Street Fighter two yes. back yep. in the day. Uh, and uh, they I mean, it was a whole like page article where they had photoshopped or done something uh, to Remove like it showed a picture of this uh, character Shang Long throwing M Bison off the screen, and then here's him versus Ryu on M Bison stage, and he's doing the flaming dragon punch. Uh, and this was way before you know the differences between Ken and uh, Ryu, and I mean it's you know it's Street Fighter Two, the World Warrior. This is the original release of Street Fighter Two, uh, and this ch- they totally got me when I was a kid. Yes. And, and I, I'm just now noticing, like, I went and pulled this, uh, pulled this up because I want to see it says, you, here's how you, here's how apparently how you unlock Shing Long. All right. You must use Ryu throughout the entire game. 
You must not get hit from the moment you begin until the final round with M. Bison. So no hits at all the entire game. Once there, you must spar with M. Bison without hitting each other for 10 rounds. Wow. <laughs> and then the 10th round is the final round, and after the last draw game, Shing Long appears and tosses M. Bison away. Now the timer is stuck at 99, and you are forced into a fight to the death. Uh, but then underneath, there's a picture of Ryu here blocking, and I love this. Honorable mention, this is what this comment says, Mr. W.A. Stokens, Waste Tokens, <laughs> from F-U-L-D-I-G-E-N, Fooled Again, Hawaii, ha, <laughs> Fooled Again, ha, had the closest explanation of the Shang Long trick. That's funny. I that remember funny. people literally going to the arcades and doing this. <laughs> Try like feeding quarters to Street Fighter, trying to get Shang Long because they believe this. It's probably the best April Fool's trick from back in the day. I forgot about that one. Yeah, th- those are the type of things I remembered and loaded. And, 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 and isn't it funny that this this uh, this trick here not only did it birth really the desire and eventually getting him in the the reality of getting Shang Long in Street Fighter as a playable character. Uh, but it pretty much set his appearance as well. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, you know, expectation meeting reality. Yep. Uh, and a I, bit there. I found the uh, what I was trying to refer to. One of the other things that Game Informer did, I remember reading a lot of, was the Game in Farcer. That's what they used to call yes. their section of that. And Dark Darth Clark was the editor in chief of the Game in Farcer. I love it. <laughs> uh, one of my best non-gaming related is uh, being pretty heavily into the Transformers community for a while. Uh, the uh, There's a website that I was very partial to called TFW 2005. And one year for an entire day, they changed their entire page to a My Little Pony fan site. They, nice. hid, their, they hid their boards. It went from a blue and gray background to pink had rainbows and ponies everywhere. <laughs> they published all the po- all this pony news. This was before My Little Pony Friendship was magic. This was way before that. So my ponies weren't popular at all. <laughs> People flipped out. Right. That's uh, funny. But yeah, good stuff. Good question. Uh, Andros asks this over on Discord. I'm playing Valheim. Uh, or Valheim, and there's this really annoying enemy that can fly and one-hit kill opponents. And it got me thinking, what's the most annoying enemy you've ever faced in a Nintendo game? Y'all got an answer? Bats. Doggone bats. In any game. Were always annoying to me. Oh, they... Yeah, they drive me nuts. And they always... Castlevania bats in particular. Yeah, Those well... definitely, yes. But in in any game that has bats, they always took away just enough energy from me. And then when I had to go somewhere important, it was that energy I needed to get past that point. (laughs) Or or they hit you with a knockback into a pit. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Pretty much anything. Well, I've seen like bats just fly straight into you, like uh, uh, Ninja Gaiden or anything that flies in a sine wave. Like, yes. You know, yeah. Pretty, yeah. Exactly. 
I'm thinking of the the Red Devil guy from Ghouls and Ghosts. I forget his name. Firebrand. Fire oh yeah, uh, Red Red Aramer is what they're calling him in the Resurrection game. Really? Yeah. I, I mean, I always that. called him Red Devil, but yes, Firebrand was the named one. Okay. Yeah, I've. But, I, I I don't think I can, the in the arcade. I don't think I've ever beat him. And then in the NES version, I remember beating him once in, to get into the second half of the first stage, of which I still didn't finish it. Dude, you stole my answer because that is my. <laughs> That's the most frustrating video game enemy of all time. I don't I don't care what anybody says. Uh, the only other one that I can think of that is frustrating, and it's because you got to know the trick, uh, is the third the the boss of the third Doctor Wily stage in Mega Man Two, where you have to fully exhaust your weapon energy for one single weapon to break open the ability to go and and defeat the enemies behind these walls that you have to blow up using that same weapon. So you have to die, and then you have to go back and do this back and forth trying to fill up your energy and then go in and finally kill the bosses. That sounds confusing. Yeah. Yeah. So you use crash bombs. Crash bombs blow up walls. Oh, okay. And you have enough to blow up the wall. But they're permanent. to re- yeah, to to reveal the enemy, which are these little turrets on the wall. The only the only thing that can defeat the turrets is crash bombs. So by the time you're done blowing up the walls, you don't have enough energy to blow up the turrets. So you have to let them kill you. Then you have to go back and fight enemies to fill your crash bomb meter back up, and then go in and finally kill them. Really, Another really. One. It's a it's a wart on an otherwise impeccable experience. Another one that I've always found annoying were in Zelda Two, the the blue dark nuts or iron knuckles. Anything in Zelda Two, that's another game. Just the whole game. Throw <laughs> in the trash. But, start over. But you know, you know, not including the final dungeon where they start jumping around. But you know, like the orange the orange ones have a shield and a sword they can stab in one or two positions. The red ones are the same. They can move a little faster and have like twice the hit points. The blue ones are even faster, even more hit points, but they're not just stab, stab. They throw and they go boop, 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 boop. And you have yep. to dodge and, you know, in t- one of two positions. So you can't just bum rush them. You have to like inch your way through it, dodging and blocking and all, all the swords. I was going to say that anybody who beat that game back in the day, Without a game genie, and you, like you just went through it without save states, without rewind. Oh, I was able to do it at one point. I'm not worthy. I don't know how, but I could. I'm not worthy. <laughs> I have never beaten Zelda Two without help. Ever. Yeah. When when, when I did it earlier this year, I I abused the hell out of save states and rewind. <laughs> I'm just just letting you know. That's on my list of games that need to be remade so they'll make it more accessible and easier. So there you go. So, man, uh, that's our uh, our enemies. Uh, Same with Mega Man. I'd love a remake of all six of those. 
Yes. Uh, Tim, we had a question in the chat that you picked up on. Uh, why don't you read that for us? Yes, it says it's from G Acres. He said, uh, "Hey, dads, what do you think will be the Nintendo's next emphasis now that Mario Thirty Five has ended?" Zelda. There you go. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> I mean, we, I mean, the thing is, that we kind of talked about it. We kind of talked about it at the beginning of the show, right? Yes. Already uh, that we're going to move on. Uh, we really think Zelda's probably going to come later on this year. Uh, I would say with uh, you know re-releases of Wind Waker and Twilight Princess for Switch. Uh, and possibly Breath of the Wild too. I mean, who knows? Uh, I think that card is is up in the air. It's out there. Uh, if they're able to finish it off with COVID uh, still going on, then I think you'll see it this year. I really do. Uh, it may launch alongside a, a, the Super Switch uh, and have the upgraded version and, you know, whatever. Uh, but I think it's coming this year. I still don't like that name. What would you I, call it? I, I'm calling it the Switch Mark III until there's an official name. Okay. All right. Yeah. Switch Mark III, Super Switch, Switch Pro, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, new right. new Nintendo Switch XL plus Knuckles. Uh, <laughs> the thing that scares me about the Zelda thing is that it makes sense. It's logical, you know? And, and Nintendo, so that's why they won't do it. And Nintendo is going to Nintendo it. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> Something else is going to happen. And this is why I'm glad that we get news other than E3 to go back to what we talked right. about earlier on the show, because hopefully we'll get some news outside of June, right? This year about what those plans are. Um, I would like some physical product like they did for Mario. I would, I would like some, not just games. I would like some celebration items, pin sets, stuff like that. But uh, I think one of the things that we need to remember, too, is Zelda is popular. Yes. But uh, this is the house that Mario built, right? And it's kind of like Disney. Yeah. Uh, you know, Frozen can be popular all day long and make Disney tons of money. But at the end of the day, it's the house of the mouse built. Yes. Uh, and the same thing uh, for this. It's the house that... Um, it's a house that Mario built. Yes. And so you're going to get a little bit more for Mario than you are anything else, right? Well, I think if we if we do look at anything history-wise, because we always say we can learn from our history, and that's still hard with Nintendo, but we'll look back at the 25th anniversary for both Mario and Zelda. And yes, they celebrated that. Um, and they... It's basically, can we look at that and see what they did with that and then see what they're doing with this? And it's still still kind of hard. Yeah. Um, that's why it's hard to predict. I mean, yes, we would love to see, okay, you did all this stuff for Zelda or for Mario. Now, are you going to do the same with Zelda? And that's what worries me. It's like, it makes sense. So, hey, you're going to do the same thing. Since but. you said that, I had to go Google it, right? Yes. Uh, 2011, which was the year of celebration. Uh, two Zelda titles came out, a port of Legend of Zelda Four Swords for the Nintendo 3DS, yep. uh, and also Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword came out. Uh, so we're at the 10-year anniversary of that. Uh, it also, uh, Ocarina of Time 3D got a release later on that year uh, as well. But that was also when Hyrule Historia came out for the first time. Uh, and limited edition cards 
for virtual currency uh, all all bore different Zelda games and different uh, things like that. Uh, okay. So just to, to kind of count Tim's point here, they didn't do a whole lot, right? They didn't, they didn't go all out like they did with Mario 35. So maybe we need to have high hopes and low expectations. Right. That sounds silly. It does. Well, <laughs> it sounds logical. So it sounds silly, right? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Uh, but I mean, I would love to see them go full 35 anniversary for everything, all their big tentpole IP. And, and I would love to say that Metroid's a tentpole IP, but you and I both know that that's no longer true. Right. Now, that's pretty much because of their own doing. Yeah. But they may not celebrate 35th, but I imagine they're going to put a lot of hype around Metroid Prime 4. So with that, I hope they yeah. do what they did with Metroid's always had been more popular in the West than yeah. than domestic. True. True. I, I'm just hoping that they're using Metroid Prime 4 to try to see what they could do as far as restart and push. Kind of in the same vein what Capcom's doing with Monster Hunter, right? With them it's trying to push it I'm, here in I'm the here States. I'm here to tell you, Tim, it's all going to be in how they position it. Yes. Release date is important. Promotion is important. Does the hype train get going? And I hate to say this, but does it? Is it going to have good multiplayer? That's going to be a big deal. Yeah. That, that are they going to be able to handle it? Because people are going to want that, uh, yeah. whether they get the story or not. Which will but, add time to the development of it as exactly, well. Exactly. Exactly. That's probably more time consuming than the single player. Uh, but anyway, guys, that is episode well, 320. Before we Sorry, wrap Jeff. up, I have a few more. I thought of a few more April Fool's things I wanted to quickly okay. mention. Think Geek used to have really funny April Fool's oh, items. Oh, yeah. And one of them, uh, I remember, was called the iCade, which was like an uh, arcade-style button and joystick that your iPad can go into and play games with it. And then they end, and turned that into a real item. Yeah, and I've got it over there in my pile of junk. My <laughs> I they also did the uh, the Nerf nuke that shot off a hundred darts at once. Nice. It was like a big. It was like a soccer ball thing that had a plunger on it, and you would throw it and press the plunger down and throw it, and it would shoot darts out in all directions. <laughs> uh, I, I I wished that had become a. And then something I saw on Facebook today not. Not from any company. I think this is just fan art, but it's a real convincing ab uh, banner for th the a Dragon Quest second tr trilogy on the Switch. You know, for f four, five, and six. I'm like, oh, oh I so wish that was real. <laughs> yes, I'm gonna send y'all a picture of the Nerf nuke here in just a minute because it looks awesome. Uh, and they even made they even went far enough to make a video for that one. Uh, but uh, yeah, you throw that in your Google machine. Well, guys, <laughs> that is going to wrap us up for real for episode 320. Uh, and uh, we want to say as we close out here, uh, thanks to over 5,000 of you who have subscribed to us over on YouTube uh, and almost 1,000 of you who have subscribed to us over on Twitch. We really appreciate you guys. And if you know some people who would appreciate our weekly content and almost daily content, over on YouTube, give us a share. 
Uh, you can find our new merch store at tpublic.com, which is actually, you can go to our new website, nintendodads.org, and check out that store, as well as all of our YouTube videos, tweets, podcast episodes, a link to our Patreon page, and so much more. And don't let me forget, I mean, we've got to thank our Patreon producers here, Chris Mears, Dave Ernsberger, Antonio Contronio, and Christopher Waring. Thank you guys for backing us at the $30 level. You are awesome. I mean, all of our Patreons are awesome, but um, maybe you're just a little more awesome, right? I mean, all of you are awesome. There's just, never mind. I'm going to take my <laughs> foot out of my mouth here. Uh, email us at nintendodads at gmail.com or call in and leave a voicemail, 929-25-N-DADS. That's 929-256-3237. want to say a big thanks to OC Remix for the music used throughout the show. Uh, and remind you, wherever you listen to us, a five-star review with some written words is the best thing you can give us. It helps other people find the show. So for me, for Tim, for Jesse, for Justin, who's going off to join the circus, and Aaron and the cast of Sega Moms, thanks for watching episode 320. Thanks for listening as well. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Good night, peeps. Nintendo Dads.